0: Hello and welcome to the Natural History Podcast. Today, we will be talking about Deep Time. It is not the extinction follow-up episode that is taking a long time to weave together into something that will make any sense at all. In fact, by the time I finish it, you may be measuring its release in Deep Time. Now, you've made it this far and I will make a confession. I've thrown you into the deep end a little on the past few episodes. Cambrian, Ordovician, Jurassic? Do these names make any sense to you? I mean, you may recognise the last one. Well, we are going to be jumping around the expanse of geological time a lot, so having a brief understanding of where we are in time is going to help you keep an idea of what died when, which volcano erupted, and when that big meteorite did arrive. So, how do the professionals tell the time? Apart from a quick glance at their watch, the geologists who are the people who study rocks, and the paleontologists, the chaps who dig up dinosaurs, use something called deep time. Deep time is not a variation on a 24 hour clock. In fact, it doesn't move at all. It is more of a timeline of Earth's history, only an extremely long one. If you were to boil an egg using deep time, by the time you came back it would be fossilised. To get an idea how long we are talking about, the Earth is 4.5 billion years old. If we were to turn a second into a year, 1 million seconds is the equivalent of 11 days. 1 billion years is the equivalent of 32 years, which means the Earth is 144 years old in seconds. So deep time is a timeline, a sequence of events that starts from the birth of the Earth and goes right up to the modern day. Now, take a moment to look at the show notes or even ask your local search engine, geological timeline, and look under images. You'll be greeted by a lot of colourful charts. They all vary a little, but do the same thing. They start at the bottom left-hand corner and work their way up, then move on to the next column and work their way up again. There are usually two columns, but sometimes it's three or four. So, I hope you're looking at a timeline now, as it's going to make this an awful lot easier. Got one to hand? Good. The first thing you'll notice is that there is not one word of English on it. It is technical gibberish. The scale is broken up into four different sections. Eons, Eras, Periods and MA. Starting from the bottom, we have our first Eon, the Cryptozoic. In this eon, we have the first 4.1 billion years of history. The name means invisible life, and going back to our second scale, that is 131 years. The reason for the name Cryptozoic is because when the pioneers of geology began to study the rocks and fossils, they noticed a boundary in the rock records. Rocks older than 500 million years had no fossils in them. Rocks younger than five hundred million years were teeming with fossils. The fossil-filled eon is called the Phanerozoic, and that means visible life. So we have two eons: the Cryptozoic, which is five hundred million years or older and has no fossils in; then we have the Phanerozoic, which is younger than five hundred million years and has all the fossils in the world in them. From the two eons we can divide Earth's history down even more, into three eras. The Paleozoic, Mesozoic and Cenozoic. There is that word again, Zoic. Life. So we have the Paleozoic being old life, Mesozoic being middle life and Cenozoic, you guessed it, new life. So the Paleozoic represents ancient life on Earth. So ancient, we have to go back before the dinosaurs. The Eon lasted around 300 million years and in that time we see life take off. Trilobites, fish, plants, trees, lizards, all evolving in this Eon. It only ends because of a Permian extinction. If you remember back, the extinction was so vast it killed off 95% of all life on Earth. The life that didn't make it out alive, such as the trilobites, are classed as the Old Life or the Paleozoic. The life that took over from the ancients were the dinosaurs, and the Mesozoic is usually what most people think about when we talk about natural history. If you are picturing hot jungles and dinosaurs, then you are on the right track. But as we know, life for the dinosaurs was cut short. When the dinosaurs died out, the Mesozoic ended, and the Cenozoic began. The new life of the Cenozoic are where the mammals take over. The Cenozoic is the smallest of the eras, being only 65 million years old. Which does sound a lot, but the dinosaurs were around for 180 million years, so double our time and then some. But then we have the last main important section be periods, and here you may recognise some. The Jurassic should be familiar to you, made famous by Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, and if you haven't heard of that then you really need to get at more, especially as it's coming from a man who makes podcasts about natural history for fun. There are 12 periods, 13 if you count the Precambrian, but these periods are the most useful part of the whole scale. They really divide the story of Earth's history into nice little chunks, as each is completely unique. For instance, the Cambrian was a time for life experimentation on how best to design a body. Think Mr Potato Head. Then we see in the Jurassic period, a time where life was seeing how far it could physically push a body on vegetables alone. Veganism is not a new thing. You can keep dividing the timeline down further into epochs and ages, but then we are really getting into minutiae. Finally, you may see MA or MA on the timeline. It is not using your mother as a unit of time measuring, but instead it stands for millions of years. And that is all there is to it, really. The most useful part of the whole timeline are the periods and that is what most museums, books and podcasts will refer to when talking about natural history. You can to some degree just disregard the rest to be honest. And that's all we have for today so I hope you've enjoyed and thanks for listening to the Natural History Podcast.